Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. Um, so we've got another announcement that it's so weird that we forget almost sometimes to make. There's a lot of stuff going on in this, in this place, which is super cool. One of the things that's coming up in four weeks, I think, Heaven Come Down Conference is coming. We need to start talking about this. We need to start praying, praying it up because uh, it's going to be a pentacle uh, time in the life of Salt Church. Uh, Richie Seltzer's coming. You know, he's a, he's a true blue evangelist through and through. So bring, bring friends, bring people that, uh, you know, sometimes it's some of the most difficult people uh, to witness to are the people that are closest to you. Because I don't know why. There's always some sort of a, a friction or a blockage sometimes that kind of uh, comes into play. It's like, they saw me mess up so many times, and now I'm going to talk about Jesus. So bring him to church. Uh, Richie Seltzer is an anointed evangelist. He also is just a, a man of God that is so, um, just so poignant in his stories. He, he, he gives testimonies that just like revive you and get you excited about what God is doing. And Bill Vanderbush is coming back. So praise the Lord, because he's like a genius. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I always tell people when I talk about Bill, like, He'll tell you that Jesus loves you, and it seems like you've never heard that before. You're like, I don't even know how you worded that, but he does love me? Yeah. So that is coming in the second weekend of October. I believe it's October 13th, 14th, and 15th. It's a Friday night. It's a Saturday night, and it's a Sunday morning. Bring people. And also Saturday afternoon, my son, Randy, is coming back to do a healing conference. A healing conference Saturday afternoon. So uh, this is going to be an, a, a tremendous weekend, but it doesn't happen without prayer. So help fuel the weekend by praying between now and there about how, what God is uh, planning on doing, that we would be open to what he's doing. I talked to Richie this past week on the phone and he was just like sharing some things that he believes God is going to do. And it, it's super awesome. So be prepared to come and just see what God is doing. Amen. All right. So trying to think if there's anything else. We do have, um, a word today. Praise the Lord. It is the word of God. So let's stand up. And let's uh, posture ourselves, our hearts, to receive. Chris was telling me this past week that I used to do, not that I invented it, I, I stole it from another ministry. I don't even remember what ministry I stole it from. But we used to, like, do a proclamation before the word. And, you know, I am what the Bible says, I all that stuff. I don't remember where I stole it. I don't even remember the words. But we'll just do our own right now. So, what's that? Joel Olstein has, has evidently created this. But anyway, let's do a, a proclamation. Uh, just, uh, we'll, we'll do it today in the form of a prayer. So just repeat after me. Father God, I desire to be exactly who you called me to be. But I know, Lord, that your calling is super high. It's super awesome. It's super great. 
But I also know me. I tend to fall short of the calling that you have instilled in me. So, Lord, let this now be a time in which I can receive the nourishment from your word to build me up and cause me to walk in the things that you specifically called me to walk in. Amen. You may be seated. All right. <laughs> I have, I have, uh, <laughs> I have labored over how to start this message today. Um, I wrote it down because I don't often like. I never write down what I'm going to say. You probably have figured that out if you've been here for. You know, I can't believe you just said that. Well, guess what? I can't either. Like, uh, I don't, not really sure what comes out of my mouth at times. But I wrote this down because there are so many ways in which this could be misunderstood. But I've, I do have good news for you. It's, it's simply this. God desires for us to lift ourselves up and be more holy. But here, here's the thing. It's not because he's mad at us. It's not even because he's disappointed. It's not because, you know, like, I could be a better God if you guys were better people. It's none of that stuff. It's, it's not because his grace tank is low or it's on empty. It's none of that. None of that at all. It simply is due to the fact that he is desiring for us to elevate ourselves into a greater intimacy with him. He, isn't that awesome? Is that not good news? I, you guys cheered for, like, everything else. God wants us to be more holy so that we can have more intimacy with him. Amen. That's the only reason. It's not like, you guys are, you know, the, God, God's enemy is sin. Oh, I'm going to give you a punchline that God shared with me and, I'm going to, like, bask this in the backdrop of an Old Testament illustration that we're going to get into in a moment. And I was going to kind of, like, save this as, like, a zinger at the end. But I'm going to share it with you now so that you could keep it in the forefront of your mind as we go through some of these scriptures. But here's the deal. Um, When you are holy, you are worshiping Jesus. But let me say it another way. When you allow sin to reign, you are worshiping the devil. And this is like, uh, I mean, it sounds pretty elementary. It sounds kind of basic, but it's so vital and so true that we get that deep into the crawl of our soul that we would just like operate in that way. Like, I'm not going to be holy because Chris is watching. I'm not going to be holy because mom or dad is in the next room. I'm not going to be holy even... For the, the sheer fact that if I'm not going to be holy, it's like illegal. Like some of the things, some sin is illegal. I'm going to be holy because I'm worshiping Jesus today. Now, how? How can you be holy? I tried to share some of this last week, and I got so befuddled in the presentation that I was somewhat lost. And I prayed about it this week, and one scripture just kept reverberating in my mind over and over and over again. 
words, 1 John chapter 3, I'm going to read it to you, and it actually gives you the recipe of being more holy. So if you're not sure exactly how to do this thing, this is the verse for you. It's worded this way. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him or holy. For we shall see him as he is. That's, I don't know if, I, if that needs to be broken down, but if you want to be holy, just look at him. That's how you're holy. You will gravitate towards what your eyes look at. You know, I was thinking about like um, a couple of years ago, Chris and I went up uh, the mountain, Pikes Peak in Colorado. And as we're going up, I mean, there's like no guardrail. I mean, the, the road was an, a normal width. And the farther up you, you got, it was snowing even though it wasn't winter because you're going up so high in the elevation, right? You guys with me? And we're going up this windy, on these roads to the mountain. And I, I'm like not like an unsafe guy, but I'm also not so safety conscious that I'm not, I mean, I eat and drive, text and drive. I, I mean, I, should, I shouldn't like maybe tell you guys this. I've driven with my knees before, eating a Big Mac, texting at the same time. Like I, I've done that stuff. Sorry, I'm just like, uh, okay, let's stop right now. <laughs> but as I'm going up this mountain, and I know that we're like thousands of feet above, you know, if you, if you tip off the non-guardrail road, you're crashing, you're dead. And Chris is in the passenger seat, and she's just looking, oh, wow, look at that. And I'm going like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's like... Because I know if I just stare at it, I'm going over the edge. And we go, and we're whining, and I'm turning around. Oh, wow. Oh, the fog. Just look. Oh, and I'm going, would you just shut up? Like, because you will kind of go to where you're looking. And that's the scripture that he gave me. You want to be holy? You keep your eyes on him. You, can, you don't have to try to be holy. Because as soon as you operate in that effort, you're lost. Because you'll start looking at the thing that you're not supposed to be looking at. Because I'm trying not to eat that brownie. You keep your eyes on Jesus. Let me read that scripture again. Beloved, now we are children of God. It's a, descriptive, a description of who we are. We're children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he's revealed, when he's revealed, when you can see him, when he, when he like the, the, the scroll of the heavens open up and you actually look into the eyes of the Lord, we shall be like him. For we shall see him for who he is. When you're fighting with your spouse, look at Jesus. When your vice is tempting you, whatever that vice is, look at Jesus. 
when people are insulting you, look at him. When your anger rages or your pride swells or, or your lust hungers, whatever it is, just look at Jesus. That solves everything. You'll become more like him. I actually thought that was a siren for a second. I'm like, what's going on here? Okay. All right, so I want to look at this um, scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 10. So I'm going to pull a couple of concepts um, from Exodus chapter 32 and Deuteronomy chapter 10. Exodus chapter 32 is when Moses went up onto the mountain and he, and he was with God. And, and God wrote down the, the Ten Commandments on the two tablets of stone. Right? You remember that? And while he's meeting with God, he doesn't know what the people are doing. But the people are down there and they're, they're like, um, they're throwing shade at Aaron's. Like, where's this Moses guy? I don't think he's coming back. I think we need to start worshiping something else. And then Aaron likes, give me your gold. Give me your earrings. Give me your jewelry. Give me the things that Egypt Egypt has given us. And he melted it down into a fire and and, uh, fashioned an an idol, a calf. Uh, And they started worshiping this calf. Moses doesn't even know this. Moses is just... Uh, up in the mountain, just meeting with God. But God does know this. And God says to, to Moses, I want you to go back down to the people because they're falling. They're sinning. Uh, they, they're not keeping their eyes on, on the prize. And even though Moses was completely aware of this, I mean, I'm sorry, even though God was completely aware of it and he told Moses, he comes down and even though he was warned by God, I should say it that way, he comes down with the tablets of stone that were written, the commandments of God, which basically is like, do this so that I can bless you. And he gets so like enamored with what's going on, he throws the tablets of stone and and breaks them. He's so, like, just upset with what's going on. And I don't know about you, but, like, if you were called by God today to simply go and meet with him up on a mountain in a very tangible, physical way, and God gives you something that he fashioned with his hands, boy, I would just, like, I wouldn't break that, right? i just, like, hold on to that thing. But he got so upset with what he saw that he threw the tablets and crumbled them down. And now God's calling him back up to the mountain. Come on back. And that's where we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 10. Let me read a couple of verses. It says, at that time, the Lord said to me, Hew for yourselves two tablets of stone like the first and come up to me on the mountain. And make for yourself an ark of wood. Okay, can you imagine? Like, I just, I just envision that it'd be like after he gets the, the tablets the first time, and he comes down and he throws them, and they're crumbled and crashed. I could just imagine heaven, like heaven, having that conversation. Like he broke them. He broke the tablets. Like God, you gave him the word, like your word. He broke it immediately. 
And God being like, ah, he did. What are we going to do? I'll just write them down again. But this time, let's make them put them in a box. Let's, 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 let's protect these this stone tablets. Like, come on. Because you never know. He might break them again. He says, hew out for yourself two tablets of stone like the first. Come up to me on the mountain and make yourself an ark of wood, a box. And I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke... And you shall put them in the ark. Just kind of want to talk about that for a minute. A couple of things worth mentioning. God's word doesn't change. He wrote down the exact same commandments that he wrote the first time. He didn't change it. He didn't water it down. He didn't say, you know, there's... They're kind of mad. They're kind of doing weird stuff. Let's just change it, make it a little bit easier. No, the word of God does not ever change. It doesn't matter what culture's doing. It doesn't matter what people have done in the past. His word remains the same. Another thing worth mentioning is that um, we don't have acacia wood arcs anymore. There's no box You're the ark. You are the container of God's word. You're the vessel that he hides his word inside. He puts his word in us. It's in there. It's deep, deep, deep inside. But here's the thing. When Moses made this ark, he also instructed him to make a lid. Put the lid on the box And on top of the lid, put what they ended up calling the mercy seat. And interesting in scripture, like the mercy seat was where he told the people, go there. I'm going to meet you there. And when they met with God on the mercy seat, the glory of the Lord, it's called the Shekinah glory of the Old Testament was just like effervescent, just like it permeated the whole area and the atmosphere. It's like, this is where I meet. They're, they're meeting over like there was sprinkled blood on it because they would sacrifice the sin offering and the lambs and the, and the, the animals were, and they'd sprinkle the blood. And he goes, that's where I'm going to meet with you. Isn't it good to know that he hides his word deep inside of us, but when he decides to meet with us, he does it on the mercy seat. He's like, you can't handle it there because none of us are perfect. None of us are without sin. And when God's calling us to lift ourselves up, elevate us up into a level of holiness that we might not have ever attained to before, he understands also that we're human beings, that we're going to fall short. So when he meets with us, he's going to meet with us through the blood. He's going to meet with us and his glory is going to shine, but he's going to meet with us on the mercy seat of Christ. That's so good. Do you know one of the reasons why he desires for us to be more holy? And I I know this is an Old Testament illustration, but I'm going to skip ahead for a moment. Go to verse 12. It says, And now Israel, what does the Lord require your 
what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today. Why? Because it makes God feel better? Because it elevates God? Because it's just something that he wants? No, it's for your good. Uh, the, the Hebrew word there is tob, T-O-B-E, which means good, merry, beautiful, prosperous, favor, wealth. That's what he desires for his people. He says, I want you to love me with all of your heart, to keep my word that I place deep in the ark of your soul. And I want you to walk it out because it will make you merry. It will make you favorable. It will make you prosperous. It will make you wealthy because your holiness opens a door for my blessing in your life. And if you are not like if you fall short, remain seated if you've ever fallen short. Okay, good. Don't have to go any further. If you fall short, guess what? He doesn't... The solution for falling short is not, just don't do that again. No, the solution is come to the table. Meet with the Lord. Touch him. Let him touch you. Keep your eyes on him. And that way, you could receive the favor of the Lord in your life. The first time he comes down, uh, Aaron and, and the people, uh, they make this like golden idol, this calf. And, and they're, I, I don't know if you could picture the, the scene, um, not to be too graphic, but I, I think it was like, like a lot of nudity. A lot of noise. They're worshiping Satan. They're literally worshiping the devil. They're running around. It's, it's just probably confusion and chaos. First commandment of the Satanic Bible, create, thou shalt create chaos. Satan loves chaos. And I believe there was a lot of chaos and there was a lot of confusion and there was a lot of like music and the pounding of the drums and, and just like in a bad way, right? And Moses comes down and he throws it down. And, and I don't know if you'll pick up on this, but he runs into Joshua before he does anything. And it says in uh, Exodus chapter 32, it's Joshua comes up and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to misquote it. I better turn there. Exodus chapter 32. You don't have to turn there. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, though, just so I don't. says, now the tablets were the work of God. And the writing was with the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, this is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it's not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. They're literally singing, and there's music going on. And Joshua says, this is the sound of war that's in the camp. In other words, there, we are in a battle, and the enemy would just love the fact that you could sin. Because when you sin, you are literally worshiping the devil. 
And that sinful worship of the devil is a battle cry of war that's in our lives. He desires for us to have a favor, to have blessing, to have beauty, to have wealth, to have health, to have prosperity. And the devil loves you to sin and to fall so that he could come in and steal and kill and destroy the things that are in our lives, the things that God meant for blessing. The devil means for harm, but the things that the devil means for harm, that God will turn it for good. It's all about who we keep our eyes on. It's all about how we worship. And I'm just here to make that connection that when you choose the path of righteousness and holiness and goodness, you are literally worshiping Jesus. And then turn back to You guys are getting me off track. I blame you. Okay, turn back to Deuteronomy. This is the second time he comes down with the tablets. And it says in verse 8, At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. By the way, before I continue, the most closest tribe that you are connected to today is the tribe of Levi. Because the Levites, they were the priests. And there is a biblical principle, a theology in, in the New Testament from the book of Peter that says it's called the priesthood of all believers. In other words, when you are saved, when you give your lives over to Jesus Christ, you instantly become a priest. A priest. It's called the priesthood of all believers. It says you're a holy nation, a priesthood. A people called out unto his own. Like you are separated out to be an intercessor unto the Lord. Because that's what priests do. Priests uh, go to the people to intercede on the Lord's behalf, and they go to the Lord to intercede on the people's behalf. That's the role of the priest. And when this, this says uh, he's separating out the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, to bless in his name to this day, because the first time when Moses came down and all this stuff was going on and he breaks the tablets and Joshua says, this is the sound of war that I hear. And Moses said, I thought it was just singing. And then when, he, when it all comes out, he, starts to, he has to deal with the sin that's in the camp. And he stands at the entrance, at the gate of the camp. And he stands and he commands. I said, I command you that if you want to separate yourselves unto the Lord, pick up your sword and follow me. And the only tribe that stood up and said, I'm going to follow you, were the Levites. And because the Levites stood up and they grabbed their sword, they literally went in and they killed 3,000 people that weren't willing to follow God with the sword. And now, to this day, he has called you and me to be Levites, to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and to slash out the sin that is so infestatious in our world today. He's calling you and me to be, to be priests, to stand before God, 
to intercede on behalf of the people and to go to the people and say, here's the sword of the word of the God and let's cut out the things that are worshiping the devil and let's worship Jesus Christ. Because when we worship Jesus Christ, we have that prosperity. We have that wealth. We have that favor of the Lord in our lives. And that is something that is a mystery and that's hidden from the world today. Because the whole world is in need. The whole world has a void. The whole world is striving and climbing that ladder to success. Going, I need, I want. Feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh. And God's saying, there is a greater mystery that only my people are known. And that is, when you worship me, I take care of everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And I desire to add unto you this connection with Jesus. And the only way that opens the door is if you sit at my table. And if you keep your eyes on me. And when you keep your eyes on me, it literally opens up the gateway. And no longer does Moses have to stand at the gate and say, I command you and I will slice you with the sword if you don't. Now we stand at the gate of heaven itself and say, this is the word of God. You want blessing. You want favor. You want connection. You want that void to be filled. You want that adventure spirit to be satisfied. You want your life to mean something. You want to prosper today. The only way is through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And though, guess what? The world doesn't even know this thing. It doesn't even know it. Like, to me, it's like, I mean, I've been, I've been serving God for so long, it just, it like shocks me. You know, we were reading not too long ago that Tim Tebow, you know, Tim Tebow, when he was playing in like, I think it was the national uh, game, he would, uh, Christian quarterback, he would put John 316 in the black uh, I'm, I'm, football players would hate me saying it this way, but that black mascara or whatever it is on their eyes. And he, what's it called? It's called eye black. He would put it underneath his eyes and he would write in there, John three sixteen. And when he played in that big game, uh, I don't even remember if he won. I can't remember. They did win. Well, they're, they're, they're out to dinner. He's out to dinner. I read this uh, a while ago, and I was just, I just was, it just came into my mind. But he went out to dinner with his coach several days after, after that game. And he said, Tim, I want you to know something. I found out that when you wrote John 3.16 in the eye black underneath your eyes, that that verse was Googled like three million times during the game. Because people didn't even know what, the, what's that mean? What is that? And so they Googled it, John 3.16. You know what? The world doesn't even know what you and I have. We have something that the world so desperately needs. It's as if the whole world is in a desert crying out for thirst, and you and I are fully hydrated standing there. What's wrong with you guys? And they're like, we're dying of thirst. And we're going, Really? I feel great. And that's why God is saying, listen, you take the, th the word that I planted on the inside of you, which makes no sense whatsoever to the world. 
You hold it dear inside. Meet with me at the mercy seat, but take the truths and the mysteries and the things that I share with you in secret and proclaim it from the rooftops because the world desperately needs to be hydrated with the word of God. But the world doesn't know it. The world is dying of thirst. The world is going through things that I never thought would take place 20 years ago. I never would have even imagined some of the struggles that people are going through today. I would have never even considered the fact that what some of the people are doing and some of the people are experiencing, I'm not actually judging it or even, or even like thinking that they're bad people. They're just lost people. They're just dying of thirst people. They're just people that don't even understand the word of God. And they think that they're going to satisfy that void that I'm talking about with other things. They're literally dancing around the calf idol, half naked, singing songs that are worshiping the devil and they don't understand why they're not experiencing the wealth and the prosperity. And, the t- and I'm not talking about just financial. I'm, just ta- I'm talking about just connecting with the Lord. Like there's nothing like it. It's awesome to serve God. It's a wealth of, it's a wealth of something. I don't even know, I, I don't even have words to describe how I, like, you could literally give me, like, I don't know, bad news, and it might affect me, make me feel a little bit depressed or something. It might cause anxiety. I might get a little bit nervous about something, but I literally can go into my prayer closet and come out completely satisfied and whole and not even, don't even give it a thought about what that bad news might have been because I've just met with Jesus. Which, by the way, was the reputation that the disciples had when the world could not bring them down. They're like, I don't know. They don't seem to be learned men, but I will take note of this. They had met with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. When we take time to sit at the table with the Lord Jesus, we walk out (laughs) satisfied, hydrated, content, wealthy, favored, full of love people. And the world doesn't understand how is it that you have something that we don't have. We've got the mysteries of the kingdom literally in the Ark of the Covenant in our souls. And the world is in wonder. That's why we walk around as Christians being full of life and excitement without alcohol or drugs. Or issues. Okay, if you didn't smile or laugh at that, you got a problem, and the altar's open. Uh, no. I, I often find it um, interesting that Christians get together and we say things like this. We'll say, God is good. I mean, really, if we've been sitting at the table, we don't need to advertise that. We just know that He's good. But we say that to remind our flesh, because sometimes our flesh likes to have a mind of its own. Because literally, Moses was up on the mountain for less than 40 days, and the whole world at that time was went south. Without God, we have a tendency to do things that we ought not do. But with God, we truly get, the word just kind of comes alive on the inside. I know, I've just repeated myself seven times. And you guys are looking at me like, I'm just trying to get it in such a way that um, that will... That will just ring true deep down within us that when you have that option, holy, not holy, clean, 
unclean, righteous, unrighteous, that I want you to also follow it up with godly, satanic, Jesus, Lucifer. I want, you to, I want it to be so ingrained within us that the church is, is, is like so separated out from the world that the world looks at us like we're strange, but not because of the way it used to look at us, because you are strange. But it look at, it's looking at us that it's like, wow, that guy is awesome. That girl is tremendous. I can't believe how, like, whew, they've been with Jesus. That's the only viable solution as to how we can walk around in this life. That I don't know about you, but I love life. I have a tremendous life. And it's not because I'm so great. It's because he's that good. It's, it's because of him. Okay, I've preached it out. Stand up. Let's, uh, let's take a moment. I just want to, one last point I'll make. I'm just looking down at my notes to see if there is something I missed. There's one thing that I'll share, and this kind of could be considered kind of weird, but hey, get over it. Jesus um, said, at one point in time, Jesus said that the devil himself is the father of all lies. And I don't know if you know much about biology, but you can't be a father without a delivery. And you can't have a delivery without a conception. And you can't have a conception without sex. So if you tell a lie, you've just had sex with the devil. I know that's kind of a weird way of saying it, but I'm just just trying to hammer in the point that when we are holy, we have an intimacy like no other with God. And when we are unholy, there's another kind of intimacy that you do not want to be a part of. So, Father God, we stand before you even now. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. For your word is true. Your word is a sword. But it's designed, you, Lord, call out the things in your word. Not for the sake of condemnation, but for the sake of illumination. For your very word itself says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But yet your word is cutting, sharp. It's powerful. But the purpose is not to condemn. The purpose is to bring to light the ways in which we can relate to you. The ways in which we could be intimate with you. The ways in which we could worship you. So Lord, let us be a people of worship. Let us be a people of intimacy to you and to your word. And Lord, help us to live up to your calling to be more holy. I don't know what that looks like, Lord, for each of us individually. I know what it looks like for me. 
And I kind of have an idea of what it looks like together, all of us together corporately. But individually, Lord, is where it starts. So I even pray now that the conviction of your spirit would be loud. And that the obedience of your bride will be complete and immediate. So that we can tobe. So that we can receive your goodness. Your intimacy. And now, what does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God. To walk in all his ways. To love him. To serve the Lord your God. With all your heart. With all your soul. And to keep the commandments of the Lord. And his statutes. Today. For your good. For your welfare, for your beautification, for your prosperity, for your good. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in us, for it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, blessings to everybody. Have a fantastic week. Altar is always open. And let's worship Jesus. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. We're grateful you spent this time with us, and we hope the message today has moved you. Please be sure to join us again next week for another episode of the Salt Church Podcast. God bless, and we'll see you next time.